yeah, anyway, so, hey guys, <laughs> it's been, um, shoot, how many, how A many few months? Moons. Yeah, I'm gonna look up in the, what the last episode was, and it was when about, it was. Uh, like, unnerving experiences and stuff. Oh, wow, was it already? Like six months ago. Yeah, it must have been. God bless you. Again. <laughs> Again. Another one. <laughs> um, Settling Tales and Other Stories, June 21st. Okay. Yeah. Before that, it was December 20th, 2017. Seriously? So it's been we one to... episode this whole year. It's going to be the second one. In yeah. That's going to be Tuesday. Or one tomorrow, or one the next day, and one the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. So what do we want to talk about? I don't know. I find it interesting that we're all sitting, like side by side, looking at the microphone as if it's an actual audience. No, it's kind of it's kind of called a bimodal sound consumption device. Sound consumption device. We should name a song bimodal sound yes, consumption device. Do. Okay. B S C D. Yeah. B S C D. Ah yeah. Ah oh, yeah. So okay. So let's let's uh, let's recap briefly just what we've been doing in in the last six months. Nice. So, who wants to start? Seth, what have you been doing? I wrote an album with you. That's right. That you did. Began less than six months ago, technically. Wow. Because yeah, we... except for Thread. Except for Thread. Yeah. The four other songs we did start to finish. Yeah. So six months. So, um, yeah, we decided to start a new project, and it's called Advantage Point, and we finished up an EP. And yeah, because we weren't even talking about it during our last podcast, so. I think, I think like late July or I think it was like August. I think, no, I think it was late June that we like started talking about it. Oh, okay. No, it might have been July. I looked at it a while ago and it was like, it was less than six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so, I mean, we yeah, so we, we had Thread that we had written and recorded like two years ago. And that was before, it was going to be a band song and then we just changed the band right sound. <laughs> so we decided like to not release it under the band. And then I just had it up on like an old band camp. Page, the Barista Bros. The Barista Bros. Bandcamp page for the couple years, but no one really heard it. And so we decided to like write more. I'm like, we'll just add that to the to the roster. So we wrote four songs, but one was and sleepless. still no one's really heard it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now it's easier to hear. Right. Um, well, it's on Spotify, which is yeah, more yeah. accessible than Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, and, and there's more songs like it surrounding it, so it's not as an oddball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was because I always thought that song was really good, but I hadn't didn't written, fit with anything. And I didn't write anything else like it, so I'm like, was this just? Did I just get lucky with this? Like, mm-hmm. am I actually like good enough for this, or is this just a, a thing that I lucked out? Mm-hmm. But and then I had also written Sleepless. Like, oh, I, I guess that's true. That was like, well, it started like a couple years. Ago. I yeah, I had written that like two years ago, and I, did, I changed very little about it since the very first demo. Um, but I never you know, recorded it or anything. But I, I remember I had listened to Mitch, you had we were driving to Columbus for something and um you showed me Covet's album, who had oh, yeah, yeah. just come out or like come out maybe a couple months prior. And was that their first 
DP? Yes. Current? Yeah, Currents was their first DP. And I remember thinking, like, this is awesome. I've never heard anything like this. And then, like, that night or, like, maybe a night later, I started writing Sleepless, and I wrote almost the whole thing in, like, the span of a week somehow. And that one I also felt like mm-hmm. it was, like, a lucky move because I just hadn't, hadn't written anything like it before and didn't, like, write anything like it for a while afterwards. Mm-hmm. But then lately I've been doing a lot of practicing, so we started writing some more. So then we came up with 303 in... Not 303. Well, sorry. <laughs> New Innovations, as it's called now. And then... We came it up might with be, the band 303. <laughs> so it might, be, it might be fun to say the, the working titles on the podcast because no one else is going to ever hear them. Yeah. At least it'll be documented somewhere. So 303 has become new innovations, and that's because I started it at... Okay, so here's something I wanted to do. Maybe I'll just do it in here. I had wanted to, to, to make a video or do some sort of write-up. I'd done write-ups for every like EP I've released, <laughs> going in-depth over each track. and, and Because like, I love... Like I find I found a couple people that have done that, mm-hmm. and I love he- reading that because I can hear like every little detail about like why, mm-hmm. like how it got its name and why it sounds like this or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I love hearing that because I think it's very useful for me. So I I wanted to do something like a formal YouTube video with, with this EP and like talk about each track, one, like but maybe the... yeah maybe I'll just do that briefly here because. No one is going to listen to it in any context either way, so maybe I'll just go over it now. Um, and then we'll get to... Well, before we do that, what else have you been up to, Seth? Anything else? I started a new job in August. Nice. So that's, I guess, was since the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you... now I work at Beep. <laughs> Wait, what? It's really just like... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what is this in, in reference to? <laughs> what kind of joke is this? Truck driver. <laughs> Um, cool. Yeah. And then I have uh, gotten Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu <laughs> and beaten that. Oh, seriously? Yeah, it wasn't too difficult. 200 but, hour campaign. But I, <laughs> I want to go back and like get all the legendary birds and stuff and do all that extra stuff. Uh, and that's been really fun. And then. Get the three Hunger Games birds. Have <laughs> 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 you noticed that? <laughs> The Hunger Games books, like the oh, they have books. Oh yeah, like birds on the they all look like the three birds. Oh, that's funny, huh? I have to look that up now. Um, and then apart from that, yeah, just the the EP, and yeah, I guess that's most of it for me. There's always stuff, but there's always that's stuff. like the most of it. How about you, Mitch? Um, while we released our first song oh. is Taylor. Yeah, that happened during those times, too. Yeah, yeah, that was a big milestone. Um, Faces by a lot Tava. of Work on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That All was the time. time. Yeah. Got put in a channel with like 750,000 subscribers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot all about that. Then you got like that. 12 comments in the original video like, this person brought me here. Yeah, like, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, it was, no, it's cool. Oh yeah, that was cool. Um, went to Miami and Chicago mm-hmm. twice this year. Dang. Oh yeah, that's right. Photo shoot. Yeah, we got photo shot. I totaled my you car. Got photo shot. <laughs> oh yeah, you did, didn't you? I got a better car, so that's yeah, cool. Nice. And then we also recorded our second Taylor song. And that's right. Yeah. So that's who knows when that'll. Yeah. Did yeah. you get like a, a rough demo of that? Yeah, I think yeah, there's a rough demo. Right? Does it sound good? But it's, oh, it sounds awesome. So I actually haven't even like heard 
Yeah. Not not necessarily like his version, but like the full version of the current. The legendary birds. Yeah, those monsters are. I mean, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. That's what I thought of. That's funny. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, expecting to get that back soon, though. Relatively. Yeah, I mean, he said a couple months ago, or he said like probably a couple weeks ago now. So knowing his time. Well, no, that was just like this last week. Oh. That he sent that. Oh, okay. I thought that was. Um, We'll get it before we need it. That's for sure. Yeah. Because. Then we'll have that mastered in out in LA again. Um, yeah, yeah, that's another big one. That was awesome. I was really happy with that. That sounds great. Um, yeah, nice, cool. Okay, so I'll give a little details about the the EP. Just VP. 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 <laughs> From my point of view. So, the. Oh, the other big thing is I got a tattoo over the last month. Show it to the camera. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Show it to the microphone. Bimodal. And here the it, bimodal here it is. Have a look. What is it, actually? Yeah, have you not seen it? Uh, you can, uh, you can hear the tattoo. Wait, it's ASMR. <laughs> tattoo is ASMR. ASMR. It's, like a, it's like a mountain landscape. So, there's like oh. mountains in it and a sun and like a little oh, river no, and stuff. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was it was October, so it's been a couple months now. But yeah, first tattoo, I I designed it myself and talked to the artist, and he, um, he made a couple adjustments and like recreated it in a you know a professional style and stuff. So it sounds it looks cool. It sounds cool. It sounds cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, so as far as the EP goes, um, it's called New Innovations because we were trying to be silly with the titles and make it kind of redundant. <laughs> None of them are really profound. They're just cool. yeah, they're just funny or or neat sounding or whatever. Um, but yeah, New Innovations. It's like a redundancy because it's new. Innovation but it's also, is. It, it means that it's new. It <laughs> yeah. has to mean that it's new, or else it wouldn't be innovative. Um, <clears throat> so the EP is called New Innovations. The band is called Advantage Point. That doesn't really have anything other than. It's like I, a compound word. Yeah, it's it's like a portmanteau. Yeah. Kind of, and I just said it. I've been saying that for years. And I don't remember <laughs> why. I just thought it sounded cool, so we went with that. You um, should have made it if that that achievement so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apartment. That achievement. So that so apartment so much to me. <laughs> well, that's a good one. <laughs> um. So the first song is called Three O Three. It was the first one of the new ones that I started writing. Please yeah. at least name a song, something like that. Achievement yeah, so much. Yes, so much. I might do that. Um, and <laughs> I wrote, I named it three o three because I started it. I started writing it at three o three in the morning. Seriously? I yeah, and I just just like saving it. I'm like, I don't know what to call this. I'm like, what time is it? Three o three. So I had saved it three o three. Um, and that one I had been listening to a lot of Polyphia at the time, and I noticed particularly with like some of their newer songs, like um, like. What had just come out at the time? Goat. Probably. Goat had just come out, I think, and I heard this, and there was another one, too. Yes. Yeah. It might have been, yeah. Um, but I had heard these. Or no, uh, the one that came out right after Goat was um, OD. What was OD. the one before Goat? Was Goat the first one on that they released from the new? Yeah. Huh. I thought there was one more. But anyway, something from the EP before that maybe. It was it the worst? Because I know you were playing that a lot. Oh yeah, I think it was the worst because I learned that and um, I loved the uh, 
the long yeah it's the one (laughs) yeah 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 i love that because it was like a solo guitar lick but it was like really long and involved and it like kind of stood on its own but then you could build around it so i started writing the first part of 303 like that where it was its own riff it had some chords connecting with like notes and stuff and and i'd also just listened to stage kids Mm. and their song cyniculture Mm-hmm. That had like a cool tapping part, so I like incorporated some of that technique into it as well. So I came up with that riff, and then I just started messing around with chords from there to get the next section, and then went on from there. And so we read in that new innovations because it was the probably the 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 tamest and let least I guess gimmicky song on the mm-hmm. album. So we wanted it to make like like set the set the tone kind of for everything else because. We didn't want to start with thread because that evokes. We didn't start with sleepers because that was like finger style. We didn't want to start with, um, with game sphere because that one was like really bizarre. And we didn't want to start it with uh, escape goat because it just started with a guitar and like it wouldn't catch people. Anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then the next track is called Escape Goat, which is obviously a play on scapegoat, um, and. That one started off because I had I so I'm a huge fan of C418 who did the music for for like Minecraft and, and, and mm. stuff, um, and I've listened to those albums. And he also did the soundtrack to the Minecraft like feature film, like the documentary Minecraft film or whatever. And on that is a song called that. "More Pressure," sorry, "No Pressure," and it has a really weird chord progression that I thought was really cool. So I started I, I figured out the chord progression on guitar. And then I wrote connecting notes to it to do the same thing that I did in, in mm-hmm. New Innovations where it's like a solo guitar part that stands on its own. And that one I called More Pressure as a nod to the No Pressure song that I took the chord progression from. Mm. And then built out from there. The rest of it kind of is just whatever I'm thinking of at the time is kind of how I write it. So there's no real like rhyme or reason to the other sections of the song. So I won't bother talking about those. But. Except for the midway through, I remember being really stuck and not knowing what to do with that song. So I... When it when it jumps into that really bizarre, um, I think it's seven four yeah, section, um, that I had just learned water slide by Chan, and I really wanted to do some like weird note heavy riff that had like two guitars playing like har- harmonies and like dissonant notes and stuff. So that's how I got that, um, and then sleepless. I already said I wrote because I like covet. And it's all so it doesn't use a pick. It's all like finger style and stuff. And then thread we had already written. Um, that was kind of my my foray into. Is that a proper use for that? I believe my so, foray yeah. into like really any sort of rock at all. I think that was the first time I had written anything like with a distorted mm. guitar, oh, really? um, except for other like junk demos. Certainly the first one I finished, but I think it was like the first idea I had too. Um, that one's interesting. The chord progression is the exact same through the whole song. There's like three distinct sections. The first one has like the solo lead part in it. The second one is like all jazzy. And the third one is like real heavy. But it's all the exact same chord progression and the exact same like timing and everything. But it was just everything around it changed so much that it had like Mm -hmm. sections, which I thought was cool. Um, And then Game Sphere was originally called Mind's Sigh because I thought that was a funny phrase. And that one, I had just listened to a band called Town Portal, and they're a three-piece, uh, and they, they did a lot of cool stuff. So they had a, a guitar, a bass, and drums. And because they only had two like 
melodic instruments, they made use of really cool techniques where the bassist would play melody lines, basically. So the guitarist would kind of fill out everything with really dissonant chords, and then the bassist would kind of have the melody line like probably 50 to 60% of the time, which I thought was really unique. So when I, and, and they did a lot with like mathy time signatures and stuff, and I really liked that. So I um, wrote a whole like outline to a song with just bass, and I would write like just a, a riff that I liked and repeat it, and then write another riff, and then another riff, and then I built the guitars around it. And I still use two guitars, but I made them really dissonant and weird. And then we did a lot with like rhythm in that one too. That one's probably, it's it's one of my favorites on the album. I'm really happy with the album though, they sound so good. And we're getting CDs printed, you ordered those the other day, so we'll get those pretty soon. And I'm very excited for that. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of the overview of, of new innovations by Advantage Point. <laughs> Check it out on everything now. Um, Check it out on everything now. Now. Stop listening to this and go listen to that. Please. Make, please. Please stop. My, my portable charger. It's got some juice You're, in it. Uh, there's going to be some dumb name for that. You're a unimodal. Unimodal. Uh... Energy receptacle, receptacle <laughs> transporter. Energy transporter. <laughs> uh, yeah. To start off the conversation about just weird rituals, OCD tendencies, um, habits. I guess habits. Habits is what I'm yeah. talking about. Now. And the thing is, like, I don't know if you guys actually have OCD because I don't. I don't. Either. I don't want to like. I don't, I don't at all. The word is like appropriate. <laughs> appropriate yeah, like, OCD culture. Maybe they'll go on OCD like. That actually is a real thing that people have. Well, so. yeah. Oh, well, there's OCD and then there's OCD syndrome, which I think is that what they call it when you just have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. which like anyone can have. So we can just call it that. Yeah, I guess. OCDs. I, yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually think that's what it's called. Octs. 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 So, so uh, to talk about that, I have actually created a new habit as of the last two weeks, I believe. Um, I have been, so I, I, I was watching this video by this this uh, Twitch streamer named Day9, who is really named Sean Plot. He's, um, I may have talked about him before. I think the guy's like really smart. He's a really good guy, like very nice, stays very positive, live streams like every day. Um, he used to, his whole shtick was that he, he's really good at StarCraft, which I've never played. I've barely even seen it played. I know nothing about it. And I love watching this guy. So if that tells you anything about like his personality, um, but he's since like not played as much StarCraft now. He kind of just plays whatever because he's already built up a whole you know fan base and stuff. But he has done over the years. He's done like story videos that are very fascinating because he's a fantastic storyteller. He's also done videos on like how I stay positive or like uh, like positive like habits to have that are good or or like how to how to be better at storytelling like mm -hmm. things to captivate audience and 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 just overall like how to be more effective with your time how to like you know not not like how to videos in that sense but just a, very much of a discussion improvement yeah very much of a discussion about self improvement and all of the videos that are on they're on YouTube now they were actually just ripped right from a live stream. Like someone asked a question in the chat and he like stopped playing the game and then talked for like 30 minutes or an hour about something. And those are my favorite because it's very like, very personable mm -hmm. um, and not like, there's no jump cuts, there's no cuts at all. It's just a live him talking. Um, 
Yeah. So one of the recent ones that I came across was how to be more productive with when you're trying, how do you do, how do you have a project outside of work, which is exactly what Advantage Point is. Mm. It's a project outside mm. of my full-time job. Um, and before I was just working on it whenever I had time and I've been trying to practice over the last probably month and a half by now, I've been practicing a lot more, like an hour to two a day. I've been learning my scales, which I totally neglected um, for the longest time. And that's been really beneficial and like working on more like chords and, and more like jazzy sounding things and, and just practicing and learning a lot more and writing a lot more, obviously. And that's been great. So I've been very happy to do that. Um, but I was still finding myself like, I'd practice for an hour and then you know I'd work for eight hours or whatever. And then I'd get home and then I would look at the day and say like, I, I had like seven extra hours of the day. What, where, what did I do with those? Why can I not even tell myself what I did? <laughs> and also, how can I do more of what I care about during those? Because I just get tired of like playing the guitar after a while. Right. So I'm like, what am, I, what am I doing to be so distracted by just random videos? Also, remind me at some point, I have found my new favorite YouTube channel. <laughs> and I'll get back into that. And I know that's where a lot of the time goes. But um, So, in this video, Sean Plott was talking about um, how to be more effective. Because he was working, I think he was like coding a video game um, in his spare time outside of his job. And then also outside of his live streaming every night for mm -hmm. two hours. So, he... Uh, he said, Here, he, here's what you, what you should do. You should get up like as early as possible. He said like five or six is ideal. You know, after that is okay, but that's like ideal. You get up and you like have a good breakfast and you, and you drink some coffee, you take a shower. And, and he was like trying to be all healthy. So he's like, and, and I go and work out. And then you get back, and your brain is, is fresh. After you shower, I think. No, I, it was a different order. But um, <laughs> you, you, and he said, then you go and you work on the project for a couple hours. He said, you do that before you go to work because when you get back from work, you're already tired. Mm -hmm. Your brain is already, um, you know, your brain power, your good brain power is spent. I'm sure you have some left, but your good brain power is spent. If you have a physically taxing job, like your muscles might be tired, yeah. Um, and, and and as stupid as it sounds, me slinging coffee when I get back after a full shift, like my arms are kind of tired. And if I go to slinging coffee, if I if I just slinging them all around, <laughs> if I go to like sit down and practice, like my arms get tired, they get fatigued faster after a shift. Um, and he was also saying he was breaking down like how much fun it is to work on a project. And he said when you have a project. Like 40% is great, like you have your brainstorming, you have the idea, you have the drive to do it. And he said, but like 60% of it when you actually get into like the nitty gritty details and run into problems, it just sucks. Yep. He's like 60% of it, he said maybe even more, maybe 70, 30, but that sucks. And if you hit a problem after you've worked a full day, you're gonna stop. Yeah. He said if you run into a problem, you're gonna stop and you're gonna say, I'll, mm -hmm. fine, I did an hour, I'll do the rest of it tomorrow. I'll get past this tomorrow. He said, but if you wake up and you have like your, your fullest attention there, then you can try, you can at least make an impact on those problems that arise. You may be able to get past them and that might motivate you further. So he said, so, so by getting up and being in a good headspace, you can actually shift this percentage to 
maybe even more, you know, maybe even like 50-50 or even 60-40 enjoyable time because you're knocking out these problems quickly. You're getting it done quicker, which is rewarding and, mm-hmm. and, and helpful. So he said, you do that and, and, and also like start with a breakfast because I never used to eat breakfast and, mm. and I would never get up early. And I'm a night owl. So, I mean, this, this whole concept is like, I, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, the other huge thing was he said, that way when you get back from work, you can just like chill out and relax knowing that you've already done a lot today. And also, um, and, and this one is something that I, I would like to bring attention to. For someone like myself, and, and, and he's very similar to me, so it's great whenever he talks about something, it usually relates to me as well. Um, anytime someone is trying to contact me, like if, if, I, if my phone, it, I, I don't like to ignore notifications on my phone because if they're important, I want to get them out of the way. If someone needs information from me, I want to do that. But when I'm playing guitar, specifically like when I'm holding the guitar and trying to write, having to stop and pick up my phone and respond to a text <laughs> is the most annoying and also like taking me out of the zone thing right. that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I used to ignore messages for like 30 minutes when I would do a Pomodoro, I would ignore messages. And I started not liking to do that because then people would like need information and I could have gotten it sooner and all this stuff. If it's like six or seven in the morning, no, no one is there to bother you. And it's the best <laughs> thing. So all that to say... <clears throat> I have started implementing this over the last two weeks. I've been getting up at I've been going to bed at eleven and getting up at seven every day, and it sucks. And sometimes I sleep in a little later than I want to, and and it's I hate it. I, I hate getting up that early. But every day I've done it, it's gotten a little easier, and I've been like buying bagels now to eat for breakfast, and I've been buying coffee more to to drink here, and I get up and I practice from eight to ten every morning and my practice routines are also like structured beyond you know just having one in general the first 30 minutes is like finger stretches and uh like warm-up exercises or or like like fast picking is something i've been working on like fast alternate picking so i've been just spending the first 30 minutes doing that to get warmed up the next 30 minutes is all theory and 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 more like mental memorization and, and uh and scales and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and then the next 30 minutes is learning or practicing someone else's song and then the next 30 minutes is writing composition stuff and then if i have time beyond that it, mm-hmm. it goes to whatever else i'm just interested in at the time so i've been structuring it like that and i've been sticking to that like almost every day um, now my work schedule kind of fluctuates so this this works if i don't work until after 10 which has been probably like 80 percent of the time lately but i've had a couple like this morning i worked at seven so it didn't work this morning um, but in most days I'm able to do that and that knocks it out because mm-hmm. after work if I've got plans like I, if you get home at like 9 or 10 at night you don't want to spend two hours practicing no. after a long day and that was my that was my issue I was getting to that point and sometimes I write better like that so I still do that if I can but if I can get it done in the morning I'm at least meeting my quota which to me is very important to to other people it might not be so uh, important but to me it really is and having no one message you the only other person that's awake at that time is my girlfriend, and it's nice to just get a "Hey, good morning," and that's it. And she just leaves me alone, and it's <laughs> and it's great. It is so nice to have no one contacting me. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I've been wanting to get back into Rocket League, so I've been trying to structure it where after I do the important stuff, then I can play Rocket League, and I'm actually like trying to give it a little more effort. So they have like mm-hmm. a training 
section in the game, and I've been playing that and trying to like aim shots better and, and block things better. Like I'd like to actually get good at something, because I was trying to find something that wasn't completely mindless, that I had some skill progression I could get to, like I could get better at Rocket League and rise through the ranks, and it would be like, you know, tough enough that I felt good about spending time on it, mm-hmm. but not too tough that it's like, it's not like I'm doing, yeah, it's not like I'm doing math equations, right? Because I thought like, oh, I'll learn video editing when I'm done playing guitar. When I'm done playing with guitar, I need something to like that's less brain intensive. I want mm-hmm. something more relaxing. And Rocket League's kind of, I've only done it the last like three days, but so far it's been that perfect in between of it's intense enough that I'm getting somewhere, but it's not too intense that it sucks. Like it's very enjoyable still. Um, so that's kind of how I've been structuring as far as new habits that's like the biggest most substantial habit I've been working with lately and in conjunction with that I have noticed and I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't consider this OCD but I suppose it's in that same vein I I do not produce anything well if I am in a if I'm in a bad headspace which it seems very contrary to a lot of musicians I've noticed or a lot of artists in general. Usually when, cause I was talking to Michael about this, like when he's like depressed or something terrible happens, he is inclined to write. Yeah. When that happens, I'm inclined to not do anything. <laughs> like if something happens that puts me in a bad mood, I do not make anything in most cases. Um, so I'm inclined to stay in a good headspace, you know, more, more of a positive sort of attitude. Um, and I've noticed that a huge factor in that is how clean my apartment is. So this last week I went through, I like deep cleaned my bathroom, like cleaned my sink area, put stuff away, decluttered everything, rearranged my desk, threw out like old sticky notes that I had written to myself about whatever. Um, and, and I've been keeping it clean and every day, like, you know, it's just a habit. You, you get back from work or whatever, you change your clothes, you just leave them hanging over like the chair or something. I've been going through and at the end of every day I've been doing any dishes that are left over and also putting any, like hanging them back up or putting them in the laundry basket. And that has been like really, really good I've noticed for just maintaining a good headspace. So that in conjunction with getting up early and, and working and having more of, a, more of a routine, I think it's been like really good for me lately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's, that's been my like biggest habitual change lately uh as far as other other habits i mean i'm sure there's plenty but none none come to mind per se right now so i'll let one of you take the floor as it were first thing i can think of i was born and i was born (laughs) and then i had ocd (laughs) um when I was, I'm trying to think what age this would have been, but it probably would have been between age like, uh, maybe like 10 to like 14 maybe, where I was like borderline germaphobic. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Which is really interesting because like, it wasn't, because like people who are actually germaphobic like almost get like panic attacks. Like, like it was never, uh-huh. Yeah. So it wasn't like that, but it was like, <clears throat> it was always like religiously like washing hands like before I eat. Uh. There's even a point where I was like, for some reason, I, I washed my hands before I got a glass of water, which doesn't make any sense. But it was like, for me, it was just like, oh, it's like, I should just do this for some reason. I don't really remember. Wow. It was like, that was always like, if I'm like, I wash my hands and I go like, I'm about to eat and I like, 
accidentally like touch something on the way. I was like, dang, I gotta wash my hands again. It was just really wow. weird. Like, it, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's probably like the same mindset as a germaphobe. That that. But it wasn't quite as extreme, and I don't really remember what caused me to not really be like. I still kind of am like that. Like, if I touch something that I feel is like really dirty, I probably won't eat anything <clears> until I like am able to wash my hands. Is it's it probably like, just like a good thing? Yeah, it's probably know. a good habit to yeah, have. Yeah, is yeah. it like a phobia, or is it just like? I don't think so. No. You just have a sensation of like being dirty. <laughs> I mean that. The, no, the thing is, I don't mind being dirty as long as I'm able to be clean before I like eat or like I'm able to like shower before I like go to bed or whatever. But there's like there's no anxiety attached to it. No, I don't think so. It's just for me. It was just more like I think what it is is I felt like it was reasonable to avoid germs. I think I think the way I got out is when I realized it was unreasonable because like germs are everywhere. Yeah, you right. can't actually avoid everything. And like the thing is like everything you like if I go to a restaurant and you know I touch the door to go in right, so now I've got these germs that like a million people have touched right because yeah. no one washes the door handle. Right. And then I touch. I'm using my phone while I'm there. And then I go back home. It's like oh, so now those germs are on my phone, so I have to. I can't use that phone while I'm eating or like it just gets a point where it's like insanity yeah. or, or like yeah. absurdity and it's like at that point it's like there's no like there's no reasonable way to avoid this and I know yeah. that it's not gonna like make me sick so I just kinda like yeah and the words of uh what's it Tyler Durden losing all hope wins freedom <laughs> basically how I describe it which actually kinda makes yeah. sense huh that that actually jogs a a past I didn't even think about like past weird habitual tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, are you done? I don't want. I don't want to like just totally take no, over. That was, that um, was it for that. First of all, before I get into that, that side <laughs> note that I had about that YouTube channel, this this to me is the new Bob Ross. <laughs> this guy is his name is Tim. The YouTube channel is called Grand Illusions. This guy. He he's he collects toys. Like in the words that in his words, anything that has like a novelty to it. So even if it's something like, um, like uh, if it was like a, like an umbre- like he has an umbrella that has a fan in it, <laughs> where like if you're in like a deserty place that you would just want shade, it also has a fan. So anything that has like a novelty attached to it, not necessarily toys, um, but every video is like five to ten minutes. And it's themed like like cat themed toys or like like cork themed toys or or like vases that have a novelty to them or whatever. And this guy is probably like seventy. He's this old British man, and he's just like very like pleasant. And he's like, isn't that neat? Very cool. And he has them all on his table. And it's just it's uncut. It's just one video of him, and I'll just like go over like here's one toy. Like one was all about dice. Like he had an electronic die. He had this die. That you could like unfold and it was two dies or something <laughs> and these these like little things that serve no real purpose but are just fun novelties and uh and and so it'll just be a video and he'll he'll and there's like tons of them like i watch him before bed because it just relaxes me and calms me down and it's so nice and you just just youtube tim's toys, tim's toys. and this man is he's just a pleasant british guy and here's the weirdest thing I watched the Cat Toys Part 3 today, <laughs> and the very last toy 
was this little robotic cat. And I, as soon as he pulled it out, I'm like, holy shit, I had one of those growing up. <laughs> I had one of those toys. And now it's in this man's collection. And I never thought I'd see that again. It was a little toy and it had like little gears beneath it. Mm-hmm. And the gears were attached to like little paws. So the gears would move and the paws would go up and down, look like it was walking. Mm-hmm. And it like reacted to voice commands, but it didn't work. But its name, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that's Chumley the cat. Chumley. Chumley was his name. And and the guy like and like here's a little here's a little animatronic cat. His name is Chumley. I'm like, hell yeah it is. <laughs> hell yeah it is. And it was just the like the nicest feeling I've had in a it, it was just so bizarre. It's like how what are the odds? The very last one, and I, I watched half of that video another day, and I was like, oh, I never finished that. If I had not finished that or something else or not watched it at the end, I wouldn't have seen it. And you know, there's nothing too much to it, but I remember like really liking that cat. And also, my sister had one and they had like eight and they were all different, and he happened to have the gray one that I did. It's very hmm. weird. Anyway, that's, that's that's something. That's been my thing lately. It's so nice. It's like Bob Ross. It's like just like relaxing. Um, and it just it's just got a pleasant pleasant atmosphere. Um, anyway, so when I was, um, well, I'll I'll tell another thing that my sister went through around the, at the same age. It's probably like nine to twelve. So in a similar age range to you, my sister at that time. Because I remember my mom mentioned that like, oh, your habit is like when. She went through this habit. Her habit was, um, it's kind of weird. It was like an existential crisis all the time where like when something would happen, she would just look at it and say, this will never happen like this again. And this moment is lost forever. So like she would be eating yogurt and there'd be a a bubble in the yogurt (laughs) and she would look at it and get sad. And like, as soon as I pop this, it's gone. Like it's never going to be here again in this form. And my mom was like, it, it was apparently becoming like a bit of a problem where mm-hmm. any anytime something would happen, like she'd see a rock, she'd be like, I'll never see this rock again. And she'd start collecting things and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she just, you know, it, it she, she fell out of it. I, I don't remember any, you know, big de- debacle or anything having fun. I just thought it was very, like a weird mm-hmm. thing to go through. Yeah. I think I had something. Really? Okay, I'll, I'll finish this yeah. one quickly then. Um, around the same time, I was, I used to be a morning person. I used to get up before anyone else in the house. And and my dad is a morning person. So like, it was mm. like, it'd be a weekend. I'd be up at like six and I'd barely beat him up. Mm. And uh, barely, barely beat him up. He <laughs> <laughs> can still walk, but. Uh, and he's still in bed. It's kind of unfair. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I remember like, I, I had to be the first one up. And if I was not the first one up, I was really upset. Like, I remember one time I was the last one awake because I overslept and it was like nine and or, or 10 or something. And like my sister was just getting up and she was always the last one up. So if she was up and then I was up, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was the last one up, this sucks. And I don't know why, but then I became a night owl and it was fine. Um, but also at that same time, I, I had a thing in your germophobia reminded me of it. I, I, my bedspread had to be perfect. There could be no wrinkles. In it. And like the bed had to be made all the time. It had to look nice. And I would like fold over the 
like extra blankets at the ends so that it looked good and put like a pillow there and it would look really nice. Um, and to the point where I, I wouldn't sleep under my covers because I didn't want to mess them up. <laughs> so I would, I would get a couple blankets, lay on top of my covers and just cover up with the blankets. And so for like probably a, a couple years, I, I didn't, I obviously we still changed the sheets and stuff, mm-hmm. but I never like slept underneath <laughs> the comforter. Is, is that what it's called? The comforter is yeah, like the one on top? The top yeah, the, the, one. yeah, yeah. I would never sleep underneath that. And I remember like my mom was like, are you, why are you doing this? <laughs> like it's, it's comfy and this way I don't she have to mess have, it like, up. You didn't have anything over you. No, I did have like, I grabbed like a, like a fuzzy, like a fleece oh, blanket. Okay. So I was still comfy and warm and stuff. Um, and then I would just fold those up in the morning and put them at the end. Redundant. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I did not. And I remember like someone, like my cousin visited and stayed over. They like got under the covers and I got like really ticked. I didn't, obviously I didn't say anything. But I just remember like, ah, I was like oh, come on. Why are you going to do that? Why you got to do that to me? Why you got to be like that? Anyway, go, go ahead with yours, Mitch. Oh, right. Well, my thing that is, I think it kind of dovetails into maybe two or more things but um i think this is one reason why i'm like so like hesitant and somewhat against nostalgia mm. now is because i used to have like a real problem with it i think oh really like it would like make me really sad to think about oh. like things that mm. i that happened in my past that I wanted to like enjoy again or like experience again or whatever um so I think I just kind of like eliminated nostalgia as much as I could just because like Hmm. it was just like a problem kind of so like like one and and this isn't necessarily nostalgia related but it's it kind of seems like the same problem of like trying to chase this like unattainable thing that's just impossible to have so I got like, I was like obsessed with like Napoleon Dynamite growing up because uh-huh. mm-hmm. it was just such a great movie. Um, but that I like watched all the like behind the scenes stuff and everything because like the director is actually like really interesting and like an interesting guy because like all the stuff in the movie like came from his life. It was like stuff that he experienced. And so then, and this happened in like, several different things I think that I was like interested in so I like I think it stems from like a a professionist complex because it was like uh, so then I became like really interested in like filmmaking and then it just kind of like devolved into this thing it was like oh man that's so cool like I want to like do that and then it's like wow I want to make something like Napoleon Dynamite and then I'm just like I don't think I'd be, like, happy unless I, like, actually made Napoleon Dynamite. Huh, huh, that's, yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, my problem with music so often now, mm-hmm. is that it's, like, I hear a song or something that I, like, really love, and I'm, like, shit, I want to make something like that, or that, like, makes me f- feel, like, that same way. Mm-hmm. And then I just, like, get really disappointed because I'm, like, I, it, it's, it apparently has to be just this song that already exists. Yeah. Huh. Otherwise, I'm not going to be happy with it. Huh. Yeah. On the lines of nostalgia, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. I think I've definitely had a similar problem. Well, not mm-hmm. not quite that, but... We're like, nostalgia is, I think... I shouldn't say the purpose. That kind of sounds weird. Like, 
the purpose is to be like like desiring past memories like in a positive way yeah like mm-hmm. when it becomes like well nostalgia means I just heard yeah, this today maybe I forget I forget what the one what the one part of it was but like the root yeah well one one part of the word means pain Basically. Oh, so it's supposed to make yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's it's supposed to make sense. Well, that makes I forget sense. what the okay. other so it makes what the other part of the word means, but it's like Greek in origin, I think. Interesting. You know, one day we're gonna look at this Why podcast and feel nostalgia. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about that. So, nostalgia is a sentimental longing or a wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with a happy personal association. Um, so one is you could be feeling sentimental. Another is you could be you feeling have to, like nostalgia etymology. Yeah, wistful like regret, sentimentality, homesickness. Yeah, it, it, it's it's built into like with it is the well like type in nostalgia etymology because that would, that should be like the, the oh, origin. Yeah, the... I forgot about that. Oh, that's Greek. Nostos and aldros. Yeah. yeah, nostos is return home and aldros is pain. Ooh. That's really interesting. Huh. Yeah, but I would say, like, for me, it was, like, all the... I think one of the big parts of that was the, like, home videos me and Nigel used to make. Oh, yeah. Which, like, oh, yeah. spanned various years. Yeah. And there's, like, periods where I would, like, keep watching them, and I think, like, it was definitely, like, a nostalgia thing before I even realized what that meant. Right, It yeah. was, like... It was really fun watching them, but then I watched through all of them, and I just kind of felt sad, like, why can't I, like, experience that again? Right. Like, yeah. I don't know why, because it's, like... I guess, like life was easier back then was part of it but it's also like it's good memories it's also just good memories it's like oh I, I would oh I miss when you know that room looked like that or like yeah yeah. I mean, it's that's, just really it's just really strange. that's a really weird one seeing rooms change mm-hmm. yeah that's a surprising and I think weird one. I wouldn't like I would say I still kind of struggle with that like because I still watch those. I don't they're I don't so look, funny though they're really no the <laughs> yeah. thing is that they're yeah. really like, funny. like as someone that like that isn't a part of your family <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty like good, genuinely yeah. Humorous, I mean, pretty I good indication of how. No, but I watch it for the humor and just for like the memories. But I think it's like a very healthy nostalgia at this point. Yeah. yeah. Whereas before it might have been kind of like a little unhealthy. Yeah. Um, what's weird about that though, like, um, yeah, I still kind of like something I've been doing lately is like, there's so many weird things you can find on YouTube, <laughs> and like your past that you never thought you'd be able to find. I can't think of anything oh, yeah. right now. Because I wasn't prepared for this, but like, so weird. Like, like the thing is, last time we looked at the weird TV shows, there are times where like I'll look up episodes and watch and be like, "Wow, this is uh, weird." Uh, like, oh, I kind of remember this, or or like, yeah, trying to find some song that you heard as a child that you like, trying to like type the lyrics and like eventually finding it and then listening. Like, yes, oh. well, stuff like that is just kind of fun. Uh, and it's also like when you're just having like a stressful day, it kind of like just makes it like bearable, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's like a couple episodes ago when we went through like kids TV or yeah, like kids yeah, yeah, TV exactly, shows. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, between the lines. Um, yeah. So, talking about nostalgia, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I yeah, I feel the same. I feel a big thing when you see like rooms or houses that that were that were you know once in one way, and then they're like all painted differently and set up differently, or like whatever else um so a couple a couple things come to mind when talking about nostalgia one was um recently i have been probably like six months ago or something i uh i i 
I started thinking about what I first watched on YouTube. <laughs> and and it was this this like sect of like friends and and the, and like filmmakers or musicians or whatever and like some of them are actually still around and some aren't but all their videos are most of their videos are mm-hmm. um, and I don't know you probably wouldn't be familiar with any of any of these but and some of them I wasn't really into but I mm-hmm. I had discovered this like really close knit cool group that I thought just they were really fun people. And one was like Mika Kitty, who's Tessa Violet. I've heard she's she's like a she's been writing music lately and been doing really well at it. Um, and, and so she she's like a really nice person. And Nana Lou was like a good friend of hers, and they did like videos together. And then like Jake Sidwell was a friend of oh, hers. Dude, Jake Sidwell. Yeah. Um, Any of these people. <laughs> and and like Olin Rogers was in that group, and my fellows were yeah. in that group. So I found all those people from that. But like those those core people. Um, Specifically, Jake and Shauna, I think was Nana Lou's actual name. And then there were two other guys, and I cannot remember. One was Zach. His YouTube channel was That Zach. And the other guy, I cannot remember his name. I did not watch his videos personally. They did a podcast together called hmm. The Nefarious Faux Pod. And it was like <laughs> one of the first like podcasts. Hmm. And and so like they all had just crappy mics so no one knew what they were doing they would just skype into each other and they did it every week and they were talking about like who's racing the most in adsense and the guy's like i got 13 cents this week so like i'm winning and that was like and someone got like a dollar once and they're like what the heck no way and it was just like this great interaction between friends and uh and i was thinking about that the other day and they had like 30 episodes and i thought it was so fun and uh and jake would like play piano on it and stuff mm-hmm. and then i looked it up and it's it's gone. Oh, damn. It's just entirely gone. The only remnants because they only had it up on like Podbean. It was oh. like the site that they had it up on. Podbean. The, the only um the only remnants of it are a couple people that were trying to get into animating and they animated like sections to it and put them up on YouTube. So there's like two 30 second sections. <laughs> Of everyone talking and like a crappy stick figure animation to it, and that's it. That's all I'll ever find of it again, ever. That's nuts. And that like really, really bummed me out. And then <laughs> as I was watching, like I went back and watched their original videos when I first, when I was really young, and and first started watching those videos. And like Jake, you know, is like, I really want to get this keyboard that I'm saving up for. And then like a year later, he got it and all this stuff. And now I don't know if you've followed him recently. Yeah. He's yeah. got Lyme disease. Yeah. Like he almost died, <laughs> like yeah. he he like he was on that uh, Netflix documentary docu series Afflicted. Oh really? Yeah, I just watched that. Oh really? Huh? Yeah, because I remember like going to his YouTube channel and it, and he said like I'm still alive was the title of his newest video and I'm like <laughs> what? Yeah. And he can't talk. Yeah. It's like mumbles, and he had to do subtitles. I think that was a a little while ago. Yeah, he's got. I think yeah, he's, he's gotten a little yeah. better since then, but um. I just remember watching that and like, what what happened? Like, I, I was just watching these videos and he's like, I remember I the previous video that I had watched before that was in the video. It was Christmas like seven years ago and he was a little sick and he's like, I feel I just feel like I want to die. Like I don't think it could get much worse than this. Like this sucks. And then I jumped to this video and he's like actually dying yeah. and it is like just weird perspective. Um, Does he have a lot of subscribers now? No, no, actually, like, 
they all kind of left because he just didn't do anything for a couple years. Mm. So he's got like some hardcore fans, and he's like a really good pianist. And well, he's the he's supposed to be scoring for Owen Rogers TV show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, because they were friends. Um, and I think he also opened like a soda shop somewhere years that, ago. Yeah, that Owen. was yeah. With Owen. Um, but anyway, so I felt a lot of nostalgia for that. Um, like over the probably like six months ago, like I said, I was kind of rooting through old, old things, and I really, I really hit that. And the other big thing that happened recently enough that like really got to me for a couple of days, like I was, I was like heartbroken for a couple of days. Um, I, my grandma passed away like relatively quickly. She got like a brain tumor and we found out it was cancerous. And then within like a couple months, she was just dead. And that was mid last year. So it's been a year and a half. And the last day, I remember my parents were like cleaning out her house and stuff. And they're like, hey, and, and my mom just shot me a text. She said, hey, the house is cleaned. We're locking it up tonight. Mm-hmm. Or like tomorrow morning, if you want to see it again, like swing by. She's like the keys under the mat, and and my sister's like I don't want to, and I was like I, I just feel like I should for closure. Yeah. And so I went in there, and I like it's very surreal, like it's all empty, and I'm like looking around, and I pulled out my phone, and I just like started recording, and I'm like here's. Mm where the kitchen table was that we had all our family Christmas dinners at. Like, here's where the tree always used to be. Like, here's the piano that I used to play growing up that she would, like, teach me lessons on. And here's, like, the kitchen pantry that I never could reach because I was too short or whatever. <laughs> and, like, we used to keep the, the, the clay, the Sculpey clay in this cupboard. Dude, cool. and, I, and I would make clay figurines there all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, here's the computer room. And this is where the computer used to be like just play like diner dash in here and all this stuff and 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 like it was i mean quite an emotional event so like you can hear me getting choked up on the video and i left that in because i'm like i want to remember how i felt right now and so i like like lock it up and i'm like all right that's it and i shut off the recording and i like locked the door and i went home and and a couple months later i was copying or no, it was the same week. I was copying mm-hmm. all of my phone's like micro SD card to my computer so that I'd have all these things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but my computer glitched. So I had like control C'd everything and I control V'd and it said like, there's an error, um, like please reinsert the disc. And, and when I plugged it back in, it was wiped. Oh. Seriously? And I was like, no way. And I like tried to get it back. I did everything that I that I could. And 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 I lost like a you know like probably several months worth of like phone photos too. So I was like, oh, yeah. kind of pissed. I'm like, is there anything really important that I missed? I'm like, were there any vacations? Like, no. Okay, that's fine. And then and then I'm like, what all did I lose? What all did I lose? And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I lost the video. Like the only. I mean, I guess there's photos. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's like that whole video that, like, meant so much to me is gone. <laughs> and I remember just, like, being 
devastated for like a couple days. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, are you kidding me? And it, and it sucked. So, I mean, it's not truly nostalgia, I suppose, because I guess there was nostalgia tied to it. But I was going to use that video as like a nostalgic thing to go back to watch. Yeah, tool in the future if I needed, (laughs) I don't know, some sort of like, I guess I would hope that it would do something like positive positive, to me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was a, that was a real, yeah, (laughs) it's a real bummer. (laughs) It's like really bummed. But. Did you insert it and you copy paste and just delete it? Yeah, or maybe I cut and pasted and it didn't work. I don't know why I would have cut and pasted though, because that's stupid. It's kind of dangerous. So I feel like I wouldn't have done that. I do that a lot, but not with important things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I could probably. I haven't touched that thing. I don't think since because I got a new phone shortly after. So I might be able to like. The chances. I might be able to root through and see if it's, like, because you can like get software to like. Oh yeah. Recompile all the bits and yeah, because make sense of it. Nothing's really deleted. Right, unless it's overwritten right, by something yeah. else, which I don't know if it would be. So now that I'm thinking of that, like maybe I will see if I can find something there. But anyway, that's a depressing thing. I should <laughs> someone should say something <laughs> more positive. Uh, let's see. Okay, other habits. Other other quirks. Can think of other habits. Here's something interesting though. I don't know if you guys experience probably don't because I think it's pretty unique but like you know someone with OCD would like like if on this table there's like two pencils and they're not like parallel uh-huh. like it'll bug the heck out of them yeah. and they'll have to like move them and then they'll just be like fine uh-huh. so I'm kind of similar except the thing is in my mind I just imagine that they become parallel and then I feel fine and then that's satisfying really the thing is like I'm, I'm like constantly imagining like every time I look at them just like my mind just like like not visually changing because that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, like yeah. It's just like, I do like <laughs> it's just oh. like I just like imagine like being parallel and it's just like I'm totally fine. Wow. Like, I have no urge to like move it or anything. Really that weird. is so <laughs> interesting. No, I don't have anything like that. That's true with like anything else. It's just kind of like this is unesthetic or like this is, like, <laughs> this, this, is, is this is unsymmetrical or whatever. Wow. And, it, and in a way, it does kind of bother me, like because I'm constantly like, every time I look at it, I'm like thinking about it being correct. Uh-huh. But like I don't have any urge to go fix it up huh. because of that it like satisfies that like itching for some reason huh really I thought I was thinking about the other day like I wonder if anyone else like experienced that's that. so weird no I don't I feel like they don't it's probably some some form of like uh, OCD syndrome yeah, more probably yeah I'm gonna have to look it up. I didn't know that was even a, a term yeah I have another topic uh, in the same vein that I think would be very interesting for the three of us um, your what are your artistic preferences like how how do you create what is what is so I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that I recently had a discussion with with um, Michael and Tyler about um, like the creative process between us and I so I as you know I'm very habitual and I I like I basically my motto is I'll build my own inspiration where I'll write something every day and and then eventually I'll have something that either catches or something that draws my attention and that will inspire me to write more but most days nothing good will come out and I'll just pitch it mm-hmm. um, and and so for me it's all about like consistency and like doing it a lot and I was talking to Tyler and he's like 
I don't I can't operate like that. My the way I the way I draw because he's a really good artist. Yeah. The way I draw is when I have an idea to draw, I go home, I sit and I draw in one sitting, and if it's not what I like, I throw it away and I bur- like I burn it immediately. I get rid of it. And if it's if it's exactly what I like, which it often is, I keep it and that's it. And I never touch it again. I do not draw outside of when I just have the urge to. And he said, and it, I wouldn't be able to. If I tried to keep a schedule like you, I would just get frustrated because I'm not drawing what I want to be drawing all the time. And Michael that said... it's more like me. Yeah, and that's what... So I was thinking of it because I, I talk to you about this stuff all the time. And, and I was wondering if that was how you operated. But Michael was kind of more on the other side where he's like, I'll always work on something. But... If I also have that, just that 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 moment of inspiration where I just feel the need to make a specific thing, I will stop everything to do that. Yeah. And I have had that several times. Like I had that when I wrote Sleepless or Emergent C as as it was renamed. <laughs> um, I had it with that after after I think listening. It's really to funny. Just side note that came up because we were literally at the studio, and Michael was putting. Emergency. Emergency. <laughs> emergency is water. Yeah. We were like thinking of band names or like song names the whole day. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I was like, wait, emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Otherwise, we would have never thought of that probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, uh, um, I guess my question would be are there any things that, like, like I've said, I need to keep an uncluttered space. I need to be uninterrupted. I need to have a, a regime that I follow strictly uh to to create and i like to build my own inspiration what are your like do you guys have how do you write like what gets you to write things i would say i'm probably somewhat between like between tyler and michael okay um and i think i almost think it's somewhat of a i think you can choose to create in any way that you want mm-hmm. really but obviously some things are going to work better for you than right. others and I'm not sure necessarily what works best for me but I know what I want so I choose to go about it a certain way that I think produces what I want Okay. Um, because I never used to be this way like when I was a kid it was just I wanted to make shit so I would just make shit and that was basically it. Like, I didn't have to have, like, an inspiration or an idea or anything. I would just, like, have the urge to make something or draw something or whatever. So I would do that. But, like, as I got older and started to care more about what I was actually making, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when things got more difficult because then, like, you know, nothing nothing was, like, good enough anymore. Yeah. Um, so like now it's very much like like what I said earlier about like music and stuff it's 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 based on like I hear something that really connects with me on whatever level and it really excites me so I want to do that like like that's kind of like why I got into music to begin with was because like it was never good enough for me to just like enjoy music. Like if mm. if I really really like something, then I want to do it. So, um, gotcha. And that's where most of like my inspiration comes from. Is okay. 
like if I hear something that I want to do myself or like emulate I found it very fascinating like after having that discussion with the two of them because I had always thought that like if you can practice a lot you'll be great and and after talking to them I kind of came to the conclusion that depending on how you operate you need to find the most efficient path and and if I put Tyler in my shoes he would be less he would make less things that that were good, I guess, in his eyes, there'd be there would be less good things that he would produce than doing it his way. I was like, sure. it's hard to sure, yeah, but... it's hard to extrapolate without right. having talked to it myself. But I would superficially disagree, and that's only because, and, and like that's my problem too, is because like I feel like the way I go about it is counterintuitive to my end goal because I want to be more productive um but at the same time I just start hating it yeah <laughs> which isn't good well yeah or healthy. I mean, that's... but 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 I think like I do think there is a science to it in that you know x amount of practice will equal x amount of improvement right so like hmm. Yeah, it really is hard to tell without any like proper proper data, and obviously yeah. he hasn't tried. Yeah, that well. He but did... I mean, you gotta do what like, and it, it it's not like he he said that that uh, it's not that he necessarily said, at least what I could gather from what you repeated. Mm-hmm. It's not like he said uh, that he thinks he would he would make worse things. He just said that he couldn't, he couldn't do that. Yeah. He, which I would agree with. He said he, it, it just would frustrate the process for me. I yeah. think if I tried to do that, he said he would end up making things that he didn't like, and then he would not yeah. want to ever do it again. Right. Yeah. Because, but that, that, that's what I mean. Like that's part of the process and like part of practicing is making a whole bunch of shit mm-hmm. so that you can make, you know, two things that are great. Right. or whatever um, but then that would make me hate the process because all I'm doing is making shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is which would ultimately be counterintuitive probably mm-hmm. Seth what's your creative process do you have any system at all like do you yeah. just write when you when you've got something to work on you feel like it and so, yeah and it's waiting for me because like 90% of the time I'm working on something that someone has already like laid the foundation for true it's like, yeah there's less of a creativity. I mean, there's like, there still has to be creativity on my part, obviously. But there's, there's more of an outline. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can necessarily describe a process, but I will say a few things are, are like, one is there's definitely like, I don't know if it's like a mood necessarily, but there's like certain times where like, I can listen to like something you send to me. So I may as well just be like, I don't even know like what I would write for this. Like to me, it didn't sound good. <laughs> Another day I'd be like, oh, I know exactly what would sound good with this. And it's just kind of like when those days happen, that's when I need to work on them. Gotcha. Otherwise, like, if I'm not in one of those moods or whatever, I'll just kind of, like, make something and I'll be like, this is something, but it's not really, like, something I'm happy with. But right. like, it works. And then over time, I build it. And it's easy for me because I'm just clicking in MIDI and, like, modifying. Right. It's, like, super easy to do that. Right. Um, do you find those days to be beneficial? The days that even when you're not into it, coming up with anything? I think so. I mean, 
just to like in the future. just to say that I've got progress and like, but not necessarily. I don't because like, if I end up completely scrapping and going with the better thing, I don't really even care about the old thing necessarily. Okay. Um, I will say a lot of what I do that is taking, you know, rhythms or beats or fills that I really like that other people have already written mm. and like giving my own spin to it. Mm-hmm. That way it's not like, one, it's not ripping them off completely, but it's also like, I do want to like use this because I really appreciate it. It's mm-hmm. almost like paying tribute to it even if no one ever knows right. where it yeah. came from. Um, so I enjoy doing that and I do that a lot. I mean, the thing is like, as a drummer, everything that I play is because I've heard it before to some degree, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever like done anything so innovative that's like no one's ever thought of this. <laughs> it's almost like it's some version of something I've already heard. Yeah. And the thing is, the other, oh, this is the other point I was going to make is with drums, there's like, it's the easiest instrument to improvise on because there's no like, I mean, I guess even with other instruments, there's no rules, but there is like, you know, staying in key. Yeah, yeah, staying yeah. There's like, like no stuff. Not so dissonant or overly yeah. dissonant, but mm. like with drumming, it's like, well, I can just like imagine like as a song is playing, I can like imagine myself playing to that song, like right. exactly what I want to do because it's like, you know exactly what you do. Like there's not like hitting this is out of tune. Yeah, dr- it's just like. Right. Drums is goes. basically like one fundamental function of music, whereas yeah. just about any other instrument incorporates all, all rules of music, basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's way easier to. So like, do you guys when when you're here when you have like an idea, and you have it in your mind, like do you hear like a guitar in your mind, and then you like try to get it to actually happen? Is that ever is that ever like? That has happened. Yeah. Yes. As a so rule, does it take a while though, or is it like one. you know exactly what you need to do? So okay, so here's here's my like nitty gritty. When I sit down with my guitar, how do I write? This is usually how it goes. Like, for instance, um, when I wrote New Innovations or, mm-hmm. or something, I like had that first chord that picked out. Mm-hmm. And I was just like strumming and I did the thing and I like hit it and I did a back, mm-hmm. um, not backslash, backslash, backstroke, I guess, whatever. I backstroke. Upstroke. Upstroke, thank you. Um, and, and I like changed one note. I'm like, oh, that's a cool little thing. So I recorded that. And I recorded da 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 And then, and then, and then, and I was just thinking, okay, like, what could go next? It's like, da 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 And so I'm like, oh, okay. And I just like, da da I figured it out. And then I just recorded da 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 And then I'm like, okay, what other, I don't know, some other chord, like, okay, so like maybe like two chords going down, like, da da and so then I just recorded that. So I record it in these like two to five note sections. And then after I write it, I teach myself how to play it. Yeah. But when I write it, like it's purely, so I so hear what these. what do you mean you write it and you teach yourself how to play it? I record, I'll record like da da, and then I'll like go back and then record and do da da da. And then re- hit record again and do da da. So I can't play it up to speed fully oh, I see. until I, see. I practice it. Gotcha. But, um, but yeah, You're when just I. Just doing it in, in little just chunks. Just little chunks. Okay, tiny, tiny little That's chunks. That's how I wrote. One of the riffs in Damage Control. Really? Oh yeah. Because I had the those really big chords that I used in the chorus, and that, so I just like based runs and licks off of that, and I just like sang stuff like you did basically, and then like, I would like tab it out, and then I tab the whole riff out, and then I played it in MIDI, and then I taught myself how to. 
actually played and recorded it in chunks. Yeah. You want to know something really interesting is, in my mind, I'm always, like, when I think of a really cool, like, drum beat or something, I, like, also imagine, like, a really cool guitar like, going with it. <laughs> like, in my mind, I think it might sound, like, cool, but I have no way of, like... Right. Like, even if I wanted to, like, get you to make it, like, I don't even know how you to, like, describe you. it other than, like, trying to hum it. Uh, it wouldn't even sound good, but it's, like, this sounds really cool. Like, I wish I could, like, make this. <laughs> huh, that's interesting. <laughs> it's kind of, like, some ways frustrating, but also just, like... You should you should try just tapping it out for, for, like, programming it in MIDI. With the with like the just drum with notes. Yeah, just with notes. That'd be interesting. Just keep clicking until it sounds. Yeah. I could well, try that. It would just take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and see. then with getting like the right guitar tone. Which I, I mean, as long as you're not like not tone deaf. No. Like it should be relatively. I should easy I to should find be able to keep moving until it sounds like how I yeah. want it to. Yeah. I, I guess that is true. And for what it's worth, I I often imagine when I listen to a song, I I I, I put my own drums onto it, mm-hmm. and and like I picture like. You know something, and then, and then I think like, oh, Seth should write something like that. I'm like, nah, I'll just let him do it. And then you send it back, and it's nothing like I imagined, and it's always way better. <laughs> so I'm like, it's just good. Yeah, it's interesting. But um, yeah, no, that's how I I started writing those like sections, um, when I wrote the face the faces solo, because oh, everything yeah. else written up to that, I would figure out a riff on my guitar, like a substantial riff, like mm-hmm. like. Emergency. I figured out those long riffs at one time and played them, and then I recorded a whole long riff at a time, and then a whole long riff at a time. But then I was really stuck for coming up with a solo for Faces. I'm like I don't know what to do. I don't know how because we were getting kind of close to our crunch time. I'm like I want this to sound really sick and like really cool, and I don't have a good solo. And this this one is just a filler and it sounds kind of bad. And then like one night I'm like okay. Uh, weird chord, weird chord. So I like play a weird chord, and I'm like, I'm just gonna record it before I forget it. And then I just did notes and sections and sections, and then I played it all back, and I had no idea what it sounded like because I did it all in one right. go, without contextualizing with the other parts. And that's why it sounds so like disjointed and weird. And I loved that sound. Yeah. I love the way that worked. And it fits so well too, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Oh, I love the way it turned out. Um, and, and from that point on, I started using that methodology of writing little chunks and then going back which sometimes has terrible effects where like one time I wrote a riff and, and I was doing like little like quick like, like quick runs and then I played it back and like okay I want this like smooth like like the worst type of oh, like right, polyphia yeah. the worst not I, I want it to like be something the worst. something the worst that sounded like polyphia where it had this like right. flow and it had like these like slow and like where goat has these like and these like faster like flurries here and there and then I listen to it back and it's like and it sounded awful and like way too busy and because I remember like when I first wrote I'm like this is going to be a new song and I played it back I'm like nope and I just haven't opened it since Um, but then sometimes you get things like the thing that I just showed you that that song that I'm working on same way I had those chords and then I wrote notes between them and, and I wrote it in those little sections and I've been teaching myself how to play it um, but yeah, that's exactly how, how Scapegoat turned out too. And, and it just works. It was really funny well. just thinking like, thinking of the song in reverse, like how would, how did I ever write this? Or like, or even other bands, just like, how did anyone think of this? Yes. Like, this is so out there, but like still sounds good. Yes. I, I, whenever I hear any like Chan song or something, like how did anyone think to play these notes like this? Mm-hmm. 
Like, or, or even art songs. Like, how did, how did I, like, I still don't really know. I know how I came up with the Faces solo, but every time I listen to it, I'm like, this is, this doesn't sound like something I should be able to come up with. <laughs> but, like, I have, and I've proved it by doing things like it. Yeah. yeah. But it still just doesn't, because you listen to, you listen to our whole EP from start to finish. That all came from nothing. <laughs> Like, apart from inspiration from other people, yeah. every song, every section, like, it has a good flow. It starts off slow and builds up. And, like, every section on that was just nothing mm-hmm. until we, like, played it together and formed it, which is so bizarre to yeah. me. Um, I had some other interesting thing regarding a point that you brought up as well. Mirage. You. Um, Can you wait earlier? Uh, not not too far earlier. It was in the last thing that you were talking about, um, but it wasn't in like the conjoint, like that the little notes section. Getting something in your head to actually happen. Whoa. No, it was it was in that conversation. Improvising. Though. No, oh, man, I don't quite oh, remember. Oh oh oh, um, taking things from other people. Oh you've okay heard. yeah. T- so so. I just was thinking that was funny. You're like, yeah, I just write things that I've heard. And and I had, for like every song, given a band or even a specific track that I like basically directly ripped off. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's just how all, all art works. Like, you gotta, you gotta have something to lay the groundwork. Yeah. I don't think anyone just... How did the first person write anything? <laughs> that's a good, good question. A freaking genius. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's... But that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah, it's like paying paying homage to to just whoever inspired you yeah. in that moment. And I think it's fascinating to hear um, as I'm still developing my own sound, which I think has become far more developed after mm-hmm. finishing up the CP. But as I still develop my own sound, like every song sounds pretty different on the yeah. EP, except for like I I think the first two songs sound pretty similar. As far as like the most structure, structurally, they all start off with that single guitar riff. They all go into like a chordy, simpler section that's kind of smoother. Then they go into a lead with a simple, distorted guitar hook. And then they go into uh, some other little section or, you know, a scapegoat has that other little section. Mm-hmm. And New Innovations just goes back to the intro. And that, I noticed, was like, this is weird. How did I come up with this? And then I looked it up, and that's like the, um, oh, I can never remember the name. Like, in classical music, that's the structure for those songs. Really? Where there's, like, an, a, an intro riff, and then you have the, the, the toying around with that riff, which would be, like, toying around with the same chord progression. Mm-hmm. Then a further departure, but with still some similarities, like, very, very far from where we started, and then back mm-hmm. to the beginning. And it's not the concerto, but it's some, it's some, I don't think it is. There's some classical term that described it very well, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. And also, I started analyzing some like math rock sound songs um, after we finished our EP, just you know to get a better idea of like how should I structure new songs. Data analysis. Of the the, math. Data analysis. <laughs> and and uh, math rock. <laughs> and uh, the first I listened to a Town Portal song, it was structured exactly like New Innovations was. Really? And I was like, wow, I must have just... Subconsciously. It sounded it good to me because... the... Yeah, it must have sounded good to me because I like this song. Yeah. And it was very odd. And there were a couple songs that were a little different, but they all had that very similar 
sound. I'm like, that's interesting. So now I kind of have like, there's kind of a structure there. Like I kind of have a discernible, like I said, I always have like a lead, a heavily distorted lead that's very simple, but catchy. And I love having that in there. Like I don't want a shreddy guitar lead. I like mm -hmm. having those, yeah. those more simple, maybe a little more intricate in the future, but simple, simple leads and then those like intricate riffs. So I kind of want to develop my own style. But yeah, it's interesting how every every song or even portions of songs sound like different bands based on like what I was interested in, what I just learned mm -hmm. or what I liked or something. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it because I think even, oh, I love it. even like whenever I hear a new band, I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this yeah. band. Like, yeah, that's yeah. always like almost the first thing I think of. Yeah. Unless they're just so out there that it's like, well, this is really different. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm like, oh, this really reminds me of this band. Yeah. Like, and and I, I, I like hearing <laughs> that. I think it's cool. Yeah. To, yeah, it's kind of like create a new genre based off of all these little, or not new genre, but a new sound based off of all these little. We're just skating. It's pretty unique, though. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Whether you think it's good or not, I think it's pretty unique. Like, no one really sounded like that. That isn't always a good thing. True. <laughs> now the last two songs were okay. The last. <laughs> Oh, of Word Escape. Yeah. What were the last two? Damage elevated and Damage control. Okay, yeah, Elevated. I still really like Elevated. Doubt was... That was pretty good. Good. Wasn't executed super well. <laughs> Neither was Elevated. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever talk about Game Sphere? Game Um. Describe. Yeah, I, I did. Where we got the name from. Oh, no, I didn't I, talk I about the name. So... Going back to something that happened like an hour and a half ago. You can cut it out and put it back in. I could, but I don't really want to bother. So, <laughs> nah, maybe I will. So then GameSphere, um, like I said, it's it. I wrote it because I was really into Town Portal at the time. Who, I still love Town Portal. They're awesome. Like, they're, they're one of those bands that I, I can be in any mood and I will enjoy listening to that album again. Like, I can be in a really heavy mood or a really relaxed mood, and I will always find enjoyment in that band. And it's very odd, because when I listen to something like Polyphia, I'm not always in a Polyphia mood. Mm -hmm. I'm not always in a Chum. I'm not always in a Covet mood. There are a couple couple bands that I can listen to at any point in time, and I will enjoy. And one is virtually anything by C418, which is why I like him so much, because when I'm in a really aggressive mood, I can listen to it, or when I'm in a really relaxed mood, I can listen to it. Um, and the exact same is true with Town Portal. There and and Stage Kids is another one that was in that same vein. Where if, if I wanted that heavy feeling, it was there. If yeah. I wanted that relaxed, jazzy feeling, it was there. And so I really like that. Anyway, um, we named it Game Sphere. And the very beginning, you can hear if you if you turn the volume up enough, you can hear a a voice <laughs> a voice a voice say, "Welcome to Game Sphere." And is ripped directly. that is ripped directly from a YouTube video wow. that had the clip of a TV show. <laughs> um, it, it was ripped from, I think it's in season one, an episode oh. of, of Drake and Josh. Yeah, it was the, the bet. The bet. Is, what I've noticed is one of the most commonly YouTube pooped episodes for some reason. Really? I don't know That's why. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> Maybe because it's the only one you can like find a copy of online, like the original. Yeah. Um, so in that episode, Drake and Josh make a bet that uh, Drake won't eat junk food and Josh won't play video games. And in the last scene, when they're well, both well, they're basically saying like whoever whoever caves whoever first. caves first is like the loser. Yeah. yeah, they must dye their hair pink. 
was the the proper bet uh, when they wrote it up. And um, at the end of the episode, they're trying to tempt each other. So they go into into their bedroom, and Josh has made it like a Willy Wonka wonderland. And so he's like, welcome, and he's holding like a candy cane, and he's yeah. got a like, top hat. Yeah, and then all he, the junk food everywhere. Yeah, there's this junk food, and, and he like drinks a, a cup of, of this like hot chocolate. Yeah. And he's like, like a, this is a, a, a like kitty pool of chocolate. There's milk. a kitty pool of chocolate milk in the room, <laughs> but he like drinks this this cup of hot chocolate and he sips and he's like, mm, hot chocolate, and then he eats the cup and it's like a marshmallow or something. <laughs> it was like a white chocolate cup. Oh, okay, yeah, it's not like that. And uh, and and so then Josh to get or to Drake to to try to like tempt Josh, pulls out their new game console that came out that. Because Josh has not yet played. In between, like after they made the bet, his grandma like sent him a game. Yes, it, and, like hadn't come out yet. Yes, it, obviously like, a, a knockoff of GameCube. Yes, it's which really is great. Funny. Yeah, and uh, and and so Drake boots it up in that moment, and as he turns it on, it says, "Welcome to GameSphere. Prepare for the ultimate gaming experience." <laughs> now let's play some games. And I almost, I almost before that, like you know where the you know, where it fades back in the that that part at the end where it fades back into the, like the main Why riff. Why didn't you? Because it's it did not fit, and there was like canned laughter overlapping the sound oh. bit, so it didn't fit. That's but I almost put like, "Now let's play some games." <laughs> and and uh, oh, I gotta show you. This. Yeah, yeah. Play, play the play the original, so you know what we're talking about. Like start playing. Games. Like you don't insert a game or anything. It just starts playing a random game. Uh, so that's we we're just big fans of Drake and Josh. So we wanted to have like some nod, and we didn't know we, we almost called the song "Plants for Hire" From as a nod to SpongeBob. Plants for Hire. Plants for Hire. I really like that just because it was. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and enough, but it like. Even if someone has never seen it, it kind of flows and like, oh, that's an interesting title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also like, if anyone's seen it, like, they clearly know what it's from. Yes, and, it's and that's the thing. not copying yeah. it at all. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, feel, I still think we should use Plants for Hire. Like, if we do another EP and there's another, like, weird song yeah. that just doesn't fit that's anywhere, we'll call it Plants for Hire. Uh, as well as that achievement so much. And someone told me today, or I was talking to someone, and i like, that's a great song name, and I wrote it down, I think think and i want to remember oh also my uh <laughs> this is really funny to me um my i'm gonna write it down my uh i thought of this today at work my uh my rapper name <laughs> if i ever if i ever become a rapper it's gonna be ice chunks <laughs> what <laughs> Yo, what up? It's ice chunks. <laughs> that is so good. And I don't know. Ice chips. That's not bad, but man, it's hard to beat yeah, chunks. Just, I've just never and heard. I, I've just never heard anyone call them. No, ice I haven't either. That's the best part. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what well, ice chunks means. Yeah, it's always crushed or cubed mm-hmm. like on the machine. These Chart. were. Let's see, these were. Marinara's trench. <laughs> Ran Bustin Jeever. Wanye Cats. <laughs> Bustin Jeever. What was the other um 
C-P-3O. <laughs> it, hold on, the other one, just so I don't forget it, was... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Craft and Conjure. <laughs> Crafting oh, Crafting Which is just a horrific. It sounds. Horrifically close to something. Really it sounds bad. so. Man, he's such a. What a. What a, what a crafting punch. What a crafting. What a real crunch. What, what a real crunch. It just sounds terrible. Um, and then someone someone said Hiff Clanger, and I thought that was funny. Hiff Clanger. And somebody said the gazebo effect. Instead of um, placebo, instead of placebo effect. Placebo effect. <laughs> oh, I, really I also like really like that. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> so we should utilize that. So. The gazebo effect. Yeah. So the next the next EP will be called the gazebo effect. It will have crafting conch. It will have uh, ice chunks. Plants for hire. Plants for hire. <laughs> Featuring ice chunks. I want to rap on a song just so I can put featuring ice, ice chunks. Just say like yeah, right there getting hit. Yeah, it's ice chunks. <laughs> My rapper name would be M- MC Squared. MC Squared. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, is, this, is there actually a meaning to that? E equals MC Squared. No, but. So it doesn't have to do with, like, Mitchell? No. Oh, okay. No, it's just... <laughs> Mitchell Martman. <laughs> Hitch- Hitchell Martman. <laughs> Mitchell Cartman. <laughs> uh, ice chunks, man. I, this is ice chunks. <laughs> I love how emphatic <laughs> chunks, chunks is. Ice chunks. Uh, <laughs> I think Michael said he'd make his... His rapper name. If he had to do a, a throwaway rapper name, it would be DJ Crapton Cunch. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Nice. Well, anything else in tune with the uh, in line with the other topics? Any other? Oh, I, I know. One thing I was gonna add in regards to like um, what you're in the mood for like listening to. Mm-hmm. I listen to things like very much related to the weather and the seasons and I was curious what your guys' thoughts were I don't I've never tracked it to see if it's related to weather seasons but it's definitely a seasonal thing where I'm into a certain type of music and I listen to it a lot and I get somewhat bored of it and then I move on and it kind of just yeah but I come back to like the the same kinds of things like I don't yeah I've never never, like like, the season like I listen to to like a lot of like um like probably like neo soul and like R&B like really like chill like warm cozy kind of vibes uh-huh, like in uh-huh. the fa- in the fall and stuff and like winter I, is weird because I can kind of listen to just about anything as long as it doesn't like really something it's your wild card season yeah yeah and then spring I listen to like a lot of really like Shimmery, like, like a kind of pop EDM stuff, like, like, Madeon or okay, okay, yeah. Spring, I I can see that. A lot of pop and like, rap and hip hop in the summer. I would say that I, I'm kind of more in tune with Seth, where, 
it, it tends to be seasonal and I, I've noticed that there are some that repeat for like I listen to a covet a lot in the winter can't really tell you why other than that's the first time I heard it was like right. in a wintry month um, yeah I mean apart from the very generic like anything that sounds super summery or beachy I usually yeah. listen to in the summer but apart from that I don't it, it, it does tend to be seasonal and they seem to be consistent but I couldn't tell you what it is about them that makes them relate to that season like probably like I guess more quiet laid back things in the winter like some but it's usually tends to be when I heard it the most and I have yeah. honestly it's kind of nostalgia for when I first listened mm-hmm. to it so C418 one of his albums came out in the winter and I listened to it a ton in the winter and now whenever I listen to it I'm reminded of the winter so it feels natural to listen right. to it in the winter yeah. and that's kind of the same thing with Covet like I never listened to it in the summer so it's weird to hear it in the summer but it feels natural to hear it in like fall and winter um, Chan is very much of a summer thing but I think that's also because they released their album in the summer because they sound like a summer band mm-hmm. so it's like you know it all makes sense yeah. that so um, I think it is tied more so to when I first when, heard it yeah. not what hmm. it actually sounds like Interesting. yeah I never thought about that though that's a good question this kind of connects both of those but do you guys have a like a nostalgia playlist. Uh, um, yes, really. yes, I have one called Feel Nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I call mine Old Times. Nice. Why, but, but it's kind of like there's no like real rule on like what's allowed to be in it or not. Of like how old does it have to be? And I think it kind of just like over time, it's like this is now old enough to be part of this. Yeah, I don't know if that's. But it's just funny because like. Sometimes I listen to that and it's like not even really like a sad thing. It's just like I, I enjoy these songs even though if I didn't grow up with them I probably wouldn't like yeah. them. That's just kind of like yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, mine, mine I think is it started off being a, a, a playlist of C418 music that was like that was like stuff I could sleep to because a lot of this is very ambient but some of this is very upbeat and electronic so I was trying to separate it and then I ended up just putting all the like the Minecraft songs and stuff, and that was like my first introduction to like music in the sense of relating it to an emotion. Like before I listened to music, I'm like, this is kind of fun to listen to. But when I heard the Minecraft music, it was at a time when I was experiencing this new thing at a formative time in my life that I really connected with this like open world, like feeling of loneliness. Mm-hmm feeling of like possibilities and just these great really great feeling like discovery as i figure out how things worked and i listened to c14's music because it was in the game and and that was kind of like my leading yeah. to liking it and also relating it heavily to those emotions um and so my playlist ended up being a lot of that music and then i listened to it and i just felt nostalgic so i just named it Mm-hmm. feel nostalgic but I, I i really should make a playlist of like yeah i've also like made, switch foot and stuff yeah and, well there's that and i've also made a youtube playlist of yeah video game music of games that i've oh, played a yeah. long time ago. games that i do still play because i can but like mm-hmm. that i don't really have time to play anymore and also like yeah people who cover those songs dude which is less nostalgic but also kind of still cool yeah insane um, in the rain has been my jam yeah <laughs> so good yeah so those fun. are cool to like just listen to like listen through a game so it's like that way it's like 
you're feeling feeling like you just want to have a nostalgia trip but like maybe you still have to like do something you can just have that kind of playing in the background right? yeah rather than wasting time actually like going back and trying to play the game it, if you're not able to in my experience as well since particularly with insane in the rain um it's jazz music so it's all jazz mm -hmm. and i find like i like listening to jazz but i also find it hard to just jump into jazz that i haven't like i i, I kind of only like it after i've heard it a lot it's similar with prog where like yeah. I don't like animals as leaders at first, and then after I've heard it a lot and know what's happening, I love it. Hmm. And I've noticed that with jazz, and since there's so much jazz to listen to, like old jazz recordings, like every time I hear something new, it's hard for me to connect with it. When I hear this, the groundwork is late, and like the bass melody is there, but then when they go off and do their own thing, I'm really invested because I know where it was and I know where it'll come back to. Mm -hmm. But then it's really fun to hear these like yeah, solos and stuff. So it's kind of been my gateway into enjoying more jazz, which is hmm. interesting. How much anomaly have you listened to? Uh, I've listened I really to. I feel like you. I like it. That a lot. It's good. It's really good. I've listened to the. I don't know if he has more albums out, but Metropoly. Yeah, there's one a, or whatever. There's part two. Okay, I don't so. think I've heard part two. Yeah, I'm gonna save that now so I can I can get back into that. Yeah, that's Metropolitan Ice Cream. <laughs> <laughs> nice, cool. Anything else? I don't think so. Well, I guess it's I guess it's time to wrap up the episode. We should do another one of these again soon because yeah. I forgot how fun yeah, this boy. was. This is so fun. Yeah, boy. Why is this so nice, <laughs> man? Just something like I don't know. Therapeutic. It forces us to talk about. Stuff. It it really is. Yeah, I think therapeutic is the best way to say it. Yeah, it forces yeah, us to true. talk about pleasant or unpleasant things without distraction. And also, like, since we have to be, we have to be more meticulous as we, like, say things because there's kind of an audience, you know. Or at least the illusion of one. Yes, the <laughs> illusion of an audience. There's a couple people that's going to this, right? Yeah, I think, I think my girlfriend might be the only one. <laughs> I think my mom, mom sometimes probably. listens to it, yeah. Um, I, I, but here's the thing, I never posted it on Facebook, I don't think ever. Hmm. And if you guys don't care, I think I'll probably do I that. Yeah. Say, hey guys. Not ashamed of anything. I've said. Yeah, when I first when we first started, it, I was like, ah, there's a lot of personal stuff. Like, I mean, you know, let's keep it thing. But chances are, if anyone actually sits down and listens to this, they're probably somewhat close friends. Right, and that I'm cool with, because I know like Jared Dryden listened to the one that we talked about him on. He loved. Yeah. He's like, it was such a trip. Oh, the uh, old, old songs. songs yeah. yeah, he said that was such a blast from the past to listen to that, <laughs> and, and that's kind of like my goal is to just create these time capsules that. Because I've re-listened to them uh, not too long ago, just for fun, and it's, I mean, it's been a couple years, and like, mm -hmm. it's fun to just like listen to where we're at, and yeah. what we thought was interesting, and and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, that is interesting, because you like, I, like, I'm like, confronted with things all the time that I'm like, I totally forgot that like, that even happened, or that was like, a part of my life. Yes. Or, so like listening to like hour long conversation about like just who we were as people at like a different time mm -hmm. in our lives is really interesting. It's perfect because I have been going through my old computer and I, I bought like cloud storage and stuff and oh, uploaded yeah. all of my old hard, hard drive like GoPro videos on there. <laughs> and so I've been like watching them, but I've like, you know, like 
five hours from one vacation and it's just <laughs> because I didn't know if something good would happen and I never edited it down yeah. so I'm like I'm never gonna filter through all this but this I will I will I will filter through it it's a directed conversation about one topic and I'll condense it so that there's no fluff right. and then when I ever need it it's it's perfect it's exactly what I'm looking for which is why I like this podcast so yeah. much but um yeah that's something I don't know if this is a good topic something we talk about um I guess we already did kind of talk about like being homeschooled and like childhood stuff and you guys might have done that separately but like I was thinking of like weird um this probably wouldn't be enough for a whole episode but like weird uh like parenting <laughs> things that your parents did to like, like what were their methods cause like I know for oh, mine like yeah. they, they kept going through like they tried different things and like found what worked and like what didn't and the ones that didn't are actually kind of funny like, oh. man I want to hear about that right now really yeah kinda but um the episode's probably long enough yeah. but I want to hear about it now. I can't think off the bat I can't think for of example anything. like did your parents ever like I mean did they ever limit like your screen time with what they were calling yes. like Yes, uh, they tried it a little bit, but then quickly dropped it. For whatever reason, TV was like this nebulous thing that mm-hmm. they would just kind of like decide on the fly. Okay. But for whatever reason, I, it was half an hour of video games a day, max, that's it. That was that's, a, a strict rule throughout your entire childhood? Uh, up until I was probably like... My, one of my friends had that I think I think it was like 30 hours on weekends dang or maybe an hour <laughs> an hour a day on like only for like Friday, Saturday, Sunday though and I remember thinking like that's you can't do anything you got a game that takes 50 hours like <laughs> you're never gonna get through that <laughs> that's so interesting yeah we, we had so many yeah so like if we were there. trying to beat a game or something me and my brother would combine our time <laughs> nice so like I played my half hour like alright you take you over take <laughs> nice nice yeah we my mom went through so many different systems until I got to the point where there's basically no rules right now I mean right now her rule is when the kids get home they can kind of just if once they get their homework done they can do whatever they want for okay. they want and then during the summer it's like she has like this list of things like you gotta do this before you play but it used to be it used to be we could only play video games on the weekends. Really? And I think it was, I don't remember if there was a time period of like 12 to 5 or something that we could do it. But I remember that being like, going back and thinking about that, I was like, well, that's really restrictive. Yeah. And then there was, it might have been like an hour a day or something. I mean, at some point we switched to like a coupon system <laughs> where you'd have like 10 like coupons each for an hour. And I had to, you had to like physically give it. Like to my mom, like saying, I'm, I'm going to play an hour now. I think we tried something like Did that. Did you? Okay. That sounds familiar. We'd do that, but then there was like, there was like it had to refresh at the end of the week. Because like for some reason, like there would be periods of time where like I didn't play anything. I was like trying to like save them all up or something. Oh, So she okay. had to like, okay, it refreshes at the beginning of every week. You can't do that. <laughs> ah, interesting. Because <laughs> maybe there was just like some week where I didn't get around to playing and then it was like, oh, I've got like 10 hours. So <laughs> here's a really funny one. A method that didn't work. So, we all had this base amount. This is 
this would have been me and my brother and my sister because everyone else would have been either really young or not born. <clears throat> we would have this base amount of like number of minutes that we had. But every time we did something wrong or like bad, it would be like negative five minutes or like negative ten minutes oh. or something. Which was kind of a cool system. But yeah. here's where one really wrong. <laughs> oh boy. It's really funny. We if you caught your sibling doing something wrong, <laughs> they would lose ten minutes and you would get five. No way. <laughs> it was for a while it was kind of funny because we were but it got to a point where like I was like <laughs> I was being a savage, you know? Just like finding these little things like oh she like uh she sat on that coffee table for five seconds like <laughs> while she was tying her shoes and then my mom like like she kind of like had to be like okay i guess it's right. minus 10 plus five and then like, i got to like two and a half hours for the day and then it was like i got to a point where it was like this is not uh, this is not healthy incredible. and it's not great. that is so funny <laughs> um wow. i don't remember what happened after that that might have been the point where she said do whatever you want <laughs> no i don't think so i think it was went back to something similar and the thing is when we stopped being homeschooled this was kind of like the after you get home from school, yeah, because that's enough. But... Or if you know you're gonna do your homework later, then you can do whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably the. <laughs> that is hilarious. It is funny. I love that. But I can't remember if we did anything else with that though. <laughs> Ooh, did you guys? Uh, so I remember um, we had an N sixty four since I was like younger than I can remember because I think Nigel got it for his like fifth birthday. When it like first came out, mm. we had the N64, we had Mario Kart, and nice. maybe Star Fox. Um, that was the only system we had, though, but then uh, on TV, it was when the Game Boy Color was coming out. Do you guys remember these contests on TV where you would just mail in like a slip with like your name yeah. into it, and then they would just draw one out and then send you like the, like, the prize or whatever, like yeah. they pick 500 people? I did that, and I won a Game Boy Color. Which is how I got my really? first like handheld Game Boy. <laughs> really? Yeah, because like I must have convinced my mom like I really want this because it was like the Game Boy Color, and it was like a Wolverine game, but like oh, it must okay. have been like the big thing. It was probably like me and Nigel were watching X Men like. <laughs> so somehow I convinced her because she probably had to pay for postage, right? Yeah. So I don't know if she just like did that every time there was a contest. I think what happened was, uh, me and Nigel would do that every time. And Nigel won it like two or three times. Oh really? Like, cause I guess we just did it off enough, and like they picked enough people. I was, I think what happened is I was since I was so young, I was like getting like discouraged and upset that I wasn't like winning anything. And then finally I won like a Game Boy Color, which was like worth more than like the last three things Nigel got. Yeah, <laughs> it was really funny. funny. But to get to my point is, I remember like I would play that a lot when I first got it, which might have been like this would have been before she had a coupon system, but it was also like I don't know. The rules were but what happened is I was playing it so much that when I went to bed I would like hear the game did you guys ever experience yes that? Like, you'd or hear, like, see it I wouldn't see it you've never uh, had that happen like when you close your eyes yeah like when you close your eyes and you just like um, see flashes of maybe I remember just hearing but like literally like not like thinking about hearing it but yeah involuntarily, like, involuntarily the like 8-bit like music <laughs> yes. yeah, in the yeah. game and the thing is it would freak me out because I would because like I would keep my Game Boy in my locker <laughs> and I seriously like thought like my Game Boy's on and I would go and check and it would be off and I'd get back to my bed and like I guess at that point I didn't understand that your mind could play tricks on you my yeah. only conclusion was my game was playing so I think that's when my oh. parents were like you have to stop at 5 o'clock because and that seemed to like help because like 
That and just not playing it so much. Would like that that'd be freaky. It is. You've never experienced that? Not to that like yeah, I mean I've heard like songs go through my head, but never not like, going through your head, but like when the, when there's it, absolutely like, involuntarily quiet, like it's like when it, in the same way that you would voluntarily do it, but it's just kind of happening on its own. It's when like the room is totally quiet and you just hear it play. It's it's the thing is it almost sounds like it's actually playing. That's yeah. that's where it gets weird because it's almost like you almost really hear it because it's involuntary. I've never had it that like I've never I've never had it near close enough to where like I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's always, fascinating. I, it so hasn't weird. happened to me in a long time. So maybe it's something that just happens when your brain is developing or something. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people experience that though. That's very odd. Well, I think that's gonna do it for episode. What is this? Fourteen episode. Is that episode right? 14. I should find it out before I say it conclusively. You just fill it in later with like a voice command. Fourteen. I guess that's <laughs> it for episode. <laughs> episode um, beep. Yeah. <laughs> episode fourteen is next. Is this one? <laughs> is next. Is also, this I one? I didn't follow the naming convention for this. You I go usually to the did episode twelve, but that? I did. I thought I changed that, but my must not have. Nice. Well, thanks for listening, uh, if you did. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back, hopefully, in less than six six months. months. I think one month, once a month was a good timeline. Hmm. Or maybe once every two months, like six in a year. Yeah. Like, if, if this is... So I've decided recently that I kind of want to just because I think I heard I think it was you that said it and I really liked it a professional hobbyist hmm. is that you that yeah. said that I don't think is that you that I said it no I, I, I'm just saying I like the sound of it. someone said like I'm a professional hobbyist and that like really resonated with me because I've been trying to decide for years like how do I want to do music do I want to try to make it a career do I want to not like do I want to try to make podcasting a career do I not and I've decided I don't. I don't want anyone to have a hand in what I do except for me and people that I like work with. Mm-hmm. And and but you can still do that professionally. That's also true. And so my caveat is if I can somehow make a profession doing what I'm doing without sacrificing like much of anything, or you know, if there's an opportunity that was better or something, then I'll take it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to turn it down. But like, I don't want to because I'm able to like make it and pay for it and have it done the way I want it right now. So I don't want to, like, I don't need to make it my job because I don't need the time or the money. Like, like I said, I have, I have extra time that I'm not devoting to music. So if I was, if I like music was my only job, I would start to dislike it because I'm, Mm -hmm. I'd have to devote more time than I can right now. And so, um, I've decided that I'm, I'm not gonna pursue it in any monetary way at all. And as soon as I decided that, I like in, immediately like felt way better about it. Like, someone's like, should I try to make it like more marketable? Should I not? Should I like, try to put more money, like maybe a PR company and all that stuff? And the minute that I said like, no, I'm writing this so that I can get better and because I like it and because I wanna, you know, if anyone hears it, great. If they don't, that's fine. But like, I wanna make my life worth something and this is, how I feel that it is, like, my time is worth being spent. Is where I feel like it's worth being spent, mm-hmm. and and so like the minute I decided that, it's like this is great, and so I was gonna try to do podcast once a week, and that's like that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of editing and stuff, and so I've just decided like, 
No, I'm doing this so that, yeah, like basically what I said earlier, this is basically so that I can look back on it later and then anyone who like is really interested can listen to it and, and get caught up a, 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 on my life where it is now and hear like interesting aspects. Like it's hard to have a personal close conversation with someone mm-hmm. that you don't know very well, but that's why I've always loved podcasts because it's basically like you get to sit in on like really personal stuff. Yeah. Like who, Fly on the wall. Yeah, I never thought I'd be like anyone would know about any of these things that I've talked about but now like anyone has the option to which I like like I think that's cool but you gotta watch because you can if you can get so personal that you start like saying very personal <laughs> right. things which is why I'm a little bit hesitant about the 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 uh, the, the dating the hour dating hour <laughs> but maybe not too much I think I think it could work but anyway um, anyway Thanks for listening. We'll we'll catch it on the flip. On the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. (laughs)